Our theme for today is our Heavenly Father delights in Jesus and in you. Have you ever felt delighted in? Maybe for us, some of us, it is a very rare experience. Maybe we've never seen much joy being expressed by others over our achievements or even who we are. For some, the journey of life hasn't been one that involves much delight or outward signs of love at all. Yet, for many of us, we've seen the opposite of this too. Imagine the scene of grandparents playing with their grandchildren, for example, and just the sheer delight and joy of that moment. Let's dwell in today's word now which describes a similar moment, but also tells us so much more about our relationship with our Heavenly Father. The readings from Matthew 3, 13 to 17. So let's just dwell in this word now. Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptised by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I am the one who needs to be baptised by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, It should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptise him. After his baptism, as Jesus came out of the water... The heavens opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. Pastor Wayne. That's too far away. There we go. So what did Holy Spirit give you as you listened to that reading from Michael? One thing that caught your attention, what was it? Blessing. Did anyone have a question that they need an answer for? Those last few words where the father says, What? 
I am well pleased with my son who gives me great joy. You realise this morning that happened with Jordan? And it happened for each of you when you too were baptised. Well, if you've got a question to answer, I might be able to answer it for you. Well, I might be able to fill in a bit more what perhaps Holy Spirit gave you to ponder on for your own, for your own relationship and growth of that relationship with Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Now, when things are going well or according to plan... I reckon most people don't take much notice of what's going on in their lives. Would that be true to you? If everything's going well, but when something goes wrong, unexpectedly wrong, actually the unexpected happens. And then you actually take notice, do you realise? For example... As long as the roof on your house keeps the rain off your head, you probably don't think much about it, do you? Unlike uh, uh, my neighbour, who constantly, when it rained, woke up in the middle of the night thinking that his ceiling was getting filled with water and that would fall in again. So he got his roof replaced, but that's all right. We often take our cars for granted, don't we? until they break down and leave us stranded on some road, and usually it's 50k from the nearest help. Although, if you're with Amy, you're right, aren't you? They come along with a truck and a motorbike and something like that, is it? Anyway. And I mean, our health is not something many of us worry too much about. That is until something happens to prompt us to do something about it, right? Like, it's when something goes wrong... When something's not right, when the unexpected happens, that it forces us into action or brings about some change in our lives. Has that been your experience? I'm getting a few nods, so you're with me so far. That's good. And so it was for John, the Baptist, on that day in the Jordan River. John was doing what he loved doing, baptising because that's what John did. And he was preaching repentance and even judgment. And sinners were coming and repenting and being baptised for the forgiveness of their sins. And things were going along just fine. Just like a normal routine day for John, like the ones before. Until, until this one day. John looks up. And the next person in line to be baptised is, guess who? Jesus. I don't know, probably John probably doesn't first believe it, you know, probably doesn't believe it at first. Can you imagine him? He gets a bit of Jordan water, splashes into his face to make sure that his vision's right. You know, he's seeing clearly as he wipes the face and the eyes could hope to see clearly, much more clearly. But then he realises... Jesus is still there. It's him. And by this time, others start to notice because the line has stopped moving. This isn't right, John says. 
What did he say? I need to be baptised by you and do you come to me? Something's wrong here. But no, Jesus says, it's right. This is right. And it is right. And why? To, to, to fulfil all righteousness. All rightness. And so John consents. You don't know if he fully understood what that was about, but he consents and baptises Jesus. And then heaven opens up. I mean, and Holy Spirit descends. Can you imagine what John is trying to process in his mind as he's witnessing this? But wait, there's more. The Father speaks. This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Brings me great joy. This is right. This is exactly what should happen. And let all the world take notice. But what is right? With what is the Father well pleased? Well, it's this, my friends. God's Son is standing in solidarity with sinners. God's Son is not ashamed to be counted among sinners. God's Son becomes actually the sinner. So that all of us sinners might become the righteous ones, the right ones, the chosen ones, the sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father. Perhaps another way to put it, it's like this. Jesus is baptised in this water, which is something a bit like a sewer. In order to put our sins upon himself, so that self-same water might be cleansed to wash our sins off us. I mean, it's a bit of a graphic picture, but, but it's a way, in a way, it's quite an accurate one. You see, the sin in our lives is, a, is the sewer that we're often living in. And so, of course, John objects, don't step into this water, Jesus, it's filthy, it's full of sin. But Jesus says yes, and he steps in. It's when he wants, it's where he wants to be. It's where he needs to be. It is right, and the Father is, what? Delighted. And that's an important thing for us to realise. When the Father speaks from heaven, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased, he brings me great joy. He is not saying that because of who Jesus is, but more importantly because of what Jesus is doing. Which is the beginning of his journey to fulfil his Father's plan of rescue and salvation. The Father's delighted that his Son is entering the water. He's stepping in to the waters of sin. The father's delighted that his son is being obedient to his call to become the sinner with us. And John objects to this at first. We too might even object. It doesn't seem right, but the father's delighted. The father's delighted because this is right. Jesus is bringing rightness to a world gone horribly wrong. And the world in need of help, a need of hope, in need of rightness, of salvation. So we shouldn't be surprised if this rightness looks completely different than what we might expect. We're used to seeing wrong and sin in this crazy mixed up world. 
And so right is going to surprise us, may not necessarily be what we think, and maybe even make us object. And this is what the prophet Isaiah describes in chapter 42, verse 2, that Jesus' work will not go as we expect, for it says, he will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. No, because that's what we in our sin do. Protesters crying out, demanding rights, trampling on those who get in our way, trying to make things right, perhaps by manipulation and control and force. But not this one, not Jesus. No, he works differently. How differently? Isaiah says it like this in verse 4 42. He will not falter or be discouraged until he established justice in the earth. That's what happens to us. We try, but we get to the point where we throw our hands. They don't care or want this. Fine, at least I'm right. At least I believe. No, no, not this one, not Jesus. He will not stop. He will not be satisfied until he fulfills all righteousness, until all people are right, all people, all nations, all prisoners of, to sin, all the blind in heart, all those living in darkness. And in this work that Jesus begins after his baptism, his father is delighted. His work, not in power, but in weakness, not in, by force, but in love. Not by separating himself, but by joining us in our muck and mire and sin. And so Jesus is baptised. His work of rightness begins. His ministry begins and the Father is delighted. And when we are baptised, we too are made right by him and his water. Right with the Father, righteous children of his. For we are forgiven and the Father is delighted in us. Some people may object to this, wondering how Baptists can do such great things. It's not right. There must be more. There must be something we must do. But it is right. God is right by putting us right. Martin Luther, you know the guy? You heard about him? Good friend of mine. He once said in response to all this, if our hearts would take this in, they would burst for joy in a 100,000 pieces. In a world given over to sin, death and the devil, there's one point where the delight of God dwells. And that one point? In his son. Actually, in his son's baptism. And in the work Jesus came to do. And when we are baptised, we are with his son. And his son is living in us and therefore the father is delighted in us. How cool is that? I don't know, does that excite you? For the waters of baptism have cleansed us from the filth and stench of our sin. The waters of baptism have drowned our sinful nature in us, raised the son and daughter of God. The waters of baptism have opened heaven to us. That's what Paul describes in Romans chapter 6. What is it? When you are baptised into Christ Jesus, you are baptised into his death. In order that just as he was raised to life, so too you will you be raised to life. How exciting is that? And that's all yours now. It's yours. Wow. But can water really do all that? It can if the Son of God is in that water. By water, by its very nature, both kills and gives life. Do you realise? Just ask Noah. Or ask the children of Israel who crossed through the Red Sea. 
So too for us in baptism, for the waters of baptism both kill and make alive, killing our old sinful nature in us and bringing alive a new righteous nature in Jesus. I don't know about you, that excites me. Excites me. I want to find out more what that means. The question is, when Jesus showed up that day in the Jordan, would John, in a sense, kill the Son of God in those baptismal waters? Was John willing to consider and treat Jesus as one who sins? Well, John knew this was much more than just a ritual. This was real. This was powerful. This, this had meaning. Could he do this? A prophet's work is never easy. Could he do this? So he objects at first. But Jesus said, yes, go ahead, do it. I want it. This is right. For the killing and the judgment begun in the Jordan was the first step to the killing and judgment of the cross. And nothing would stop Jesus from accomplishing this for you and for me. Nothing would stop him from joining himself to us in our sin and death so that we might be joined together with him in his death and his resurrection and his life. And so he steps in. He's baptised in our sewer. The Father's delighted and our Father's delighted in you and me too. Not because we're perfect, not because we're better than the next guy or give more or pray more or witness more. Those things are good, but they're not what make us right. The Father's delighted in us because we are baptised into the life and salvation that only Jesus gives us. And he is delighted when we remember that. When we return to remember those waters of baptism each day. You know that bloke Martin Luther, my friend? He encourages us to do that. So every day you wake up, God's blessing you with a new day. Remember your baptism. Remember what your baptism means to you. Remember that in baptism you became one with Jesus and he became one with you. Remember your baptism where you what? You receive forgiveness of sins, a life with Jesus and salvation. And you, then you are called to live that salvation out in your day. That's how it works. And it's so exciting. When we return in repentance then and confess our wrongness so that he forgives us and makes us right. When we return in weakness so that he makes us strong. When we return in doubt so that he strengthens our faith. When we return as a child and he responds as our loving Abba Father. Our loving Heavenly Father. Our Father delights in giving you all that you need. Even to giving his only begotten son for you. Giving his son into birth. Into death. Into our mouths shortly that we might live and so that wrongness of our sin and death would be overcome and done away with by his resurrection and life and with such gifts given to us as Luther said how could our hearts not burst for joy in a hundred thousand pieces and our lives show that love and joy abundantly the love and joy that Satan wants to rob us of telling us instead how filthy we are or unworthy we are and that God couldn't possibly delight in the likes of us us with all our problems doubts guilt and I can handle it on my own attitudes but you and I have some baptismal water to throw in Satan's face (laughs) I love it which says yes Satan you're right I do muck up I do disobey dishonor and displease my God 
But in the Jordan, God's son became a sinner with me and for me and became baptized into him. I am a child of God. Ha, 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 ha. And each day I'm walking wet in my baptism and the righteousness of Jesus that I am clothed in. You and your demons may tell me I'm not on my own, but Jesus showed me something different. You may tell me I'm wrong, but Jesus says I'm right because of him. You may condemn me, but my father forgives me because of what Jesus did for me that day in the Jordan that led to the cross and his resurrection. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Those words spoken over Jesus, of Jesus, are now spoken of you. And in his rights, rightness, God is delighted in you because he is of his delight in his son. Does your heart burst into a hundred pieces, a thousand pieces? Are you excited by this? Can you go from here today, know that you are right with your heavenly father because of Jesus and to live that rightness out and to let people know of Jesus and what he's done for them too? People in the community you live with who are walking in darkness. Get excited, folks. Get excited for this. It's such a joy to be able to share it in your life, to live it in your life. Well, as Forrest Gump said once upon a time ago, that's about all I've got to say about that. And the peace of God, which surpasses all our human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Jesus by the work and power of Holy Spirit. And all God's people said... Amen. You bet. I think we're going to stand and sing.